This is Temple in Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome into Temple and Heilprin, live from Monk's Barn Grill in Sun Prairie. Another Thursday night here, Jesse, and it's been a busy week for Wisconsin. Busy, busy week for Wisconsin. Obviously, the transfer portal, and you've got signing day, and you've got guys announcing that they're coming back. So we'll get to all of it throughout here the next hour or so. As I said, we are at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Love it over here. Basketball going on. How bad is Louisville basketball right now, Jesse? They are not good. <laughs> One of my colleagues at The Athletic, Brendan Quinn, did a tremendous deep dive on the program and the poor state of affairs out there. Currently down by 20 at halftime to Kentucky. Things have uh, really gone badly uh, for, for Louisville for quite some time. I always remember back that Louisville, when they came here, ranked in the top 20, and Wisconsin beat them by, like, 30. Uh, it was it was the COVID I mean, it was... Um, yeah, I don't know I if it was, There were some suspensions and... It was weird. It was weird. So, yeah, things have not gone well for them, but they are in action. Bucks, Bucks also in action tonight coming up at 7 o'clock as they take on the Magic. All right, let's get to it. Big news of the day, or the news of the day. I don't know how big it is. I think it's it's a it's a nice nice addition back to the team for sure. Hunter Wolder, Wisconsin's All-Big Ten safety, told you guys today at uh, availability that he will be coming back for his senior year. Why? Why is he coming back? Well, I asked him whether he'd received any feedback on the, this is the time of year where if you're a junior like him, you submit your information and try to gain as much knowledge as you can about your place in the NFL draft. He said he talked to Luke Fickle, and Luke obviously has contacts at a lot of places and got the feedback and said that he was going to, he didn't say it outright, but it made it sound like he was coming back. And so I followed up and said, does that mean you will be coming back? And, And he said, yes, absolutely. And um, gave a really good reason for it. Talked about how important this place is to him, and they have not played the football that he thought this program would since he's been here. Got here at a time that's been very tumultuous, and wants to be a part of that potential turnaround. Has so much to offer this program. Loves the state. Loves the Badgers, and so he'll be back. It's a huge lift. I would argue that he's among returning players. And I said this off air. I think he's perhaps the most beloved Badger on the current roster because an in-state guy, highly touted and, and very outspoken and passionate about this program. Well, I don't know who would have who would even top him at this point. Like, he, among, like, I think this season he was, was he not? Like, yeah. who, who could have topped him? Certainly, Well, Braylon Allen, maybe. See, I don't that's know. The thing, that there's a lot of people, like, because of the injuries, yeah. because of him, all, most of which he fought through and played through, they're all, oh, this guy's hurt again, which is a bunch of BS. But that is why I think uh, Hunter maybe probably because of what Wisconsin means to him. And also, every time I talk to him, he sounds exactly like Jim Leonard. He talks <laughs> I've thought that many exactly times, too. like Jim Leonard. It's, <laughs> it's like he never left. Um, he wasn't even with Jim Leonard for very long, but he talks exactly like him. And, and he usually has, like, very much like Jim Leonard, has important and worthwhile things to listen to, right? Like, he's, he's got some good comments. We The best post-game interview <laughs> Of the of the season came after that loss to Northwestern, I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, they, he's it's it's a good it's a very very good thing for Wisconsin. He is heading back for another year, and uh, that came on the heels of Ches Malusi announcing yesterday that he was coming back. I think maybe Luke Fickle maybe kind of jumped on that a little bit. Um, maybe Ches maybe Ches had it planned and it was going to come out later in the day, but we asked Luke Fickle about it and. He's like, yeah, I, I, he's expecting to come back. He hasn't announced yet, but he's expecting to come back. Won't be ready for the bowl game. 
but you get him back for a, a sixth year, significant. I mean, two two significant readditions, not even readditions, um, holdovers from this year's team, guys that made a huge impact when they were on the field, and that's what Chez did, and you get him back too. It's it's big. It's big. And I know we'll talk about the three running backs they got. This is big. I don't think you could ask for two guys coming back that would be a bigger deal for Wisconsin that seemed realistic. Yeah. I mean, Braylon Allen was never coming back, but no. Chez, the door opened because his injury came in week four against Purdue, which allowed him the opportunity to take a medical redshirt year, and Hunter was probably an NFL draft pick, but you don't know what round it would have been, and yep. you have a chance to improve your stock, but as I said before, he knows how much this place means, and this is what he said. I made a commitment to this university and my teammates that I will be here, and I will be here to give my everything for this team. And he said there's a lot of unfinished business, which is when he went into the fact that this program hasn't been particularly ses- successful in recent years. He wants to be here for that. He said, I came here to win, and we have to do that. So those two positions, very important running back. Without Chez was going to be uh, a lot of guys that Young. you're leaning on and don't have a ton of experience. And safety, there are some quality players back there, but Hunter is on another level. We saw this year when he was healthy because last year, this was going to be Hunter last year. It's just that he got hurt in the opener. Yep. Phenomenal player. He is, and he also is the guy that gives them diversity in the backfield and the ability to be used in different spots. I think that kind of waned toward the end, like the, the second half of the season, simply because of what um, some of the deficiencies were uh, in other places of the defense. And so maybe he didn't get used in as many different places as maybe as he would have if, uh, as they were planning on, I should say, at the beginning of the year, where he was in that dollar and they were using the dollar and they wanted to use the dollar. And they didn't use it nearly as much as the season went on because they were getting bludgeoned. And um, I think that's I think that's fair to say, especially in, on early downs. Um, it is it is interesting that you bring him back, and then you have some other diverse pieces, like a you know like an Austin Brown who's going to play in the slot in this in this bowl game, uh, along with Owen Arnett, and obviously Preston Zachman is back, and you have a, a number of younger guys that, that maybe could get uh, get time as well. So there, it's it's it is an interesting. Interesting mix on the back end for sure. For running back wise, my goodness, what he was in this offense before yeah. he got hurt, this offense was perfect for him. And I could I could kind of see him be like, hey, two season ending injuries in the last three years. The other year I missed a month because of a broken arm. I can't believe like I, I don't really don't think I want to come back and do this all over again, and yet that's exactly what he's going to do, and I don't necessarily think it's gonna help him his draft stock you know he's another year older running backs he's got another a bunch of carries on him but i think he's he's a perfect fit he's a perfect fit for it well i don't think it would hurt the draft stock necessarily but i also think at this point in his career he's got to be looking at i I just want give me one opportunity to have the season that i believe i've been capable of and it's been taken from him because of injuries for three consecutive years the last two years season ending injuries and Luke Fickle has talked about Chez, and even when Chez got hurt, what he has meant to this team. And now it's really, I'm not going to say it's his show, because based on what we've seen and based on the personnel they have coming in, there's going to be more than one guy. But Braylon's not here anymore. And so if Chez is healthy, you're right. This offense is perfect for a guy that dynamic. So I think there is a lot to offer him in coming back. And he can be a true leader on the field and an emotional leader, too. Yeah, and he, uh, I mean, people can look up to him and be like, 
dude fought through a lot. Yes. Fought through everything to be on the field and still be here and doing it. I think that says a lot, and certainly he will be a guy that some of the young guys will be able to look up to. It's also noteworthy that uh, had he left, the rest of the room had 359 yards, uh, uh, career yards in there, which not ideal if you're if you're a Wisconsin fan, and now he brings that yards back and you add into it the, the infusion of talent that they got in this class. And again, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Signing day stories. Wisconsin, we knew they had 20 guys going in, right? We Well, we I should say, we they had 20 committed guys going in. 19, it felt, eh, 18, it felt pretty darn good. A little unsure about Darion Dupree, but it, it felt like he was going to sign. The one that you were very uncertain about was Xavier Lucas. Uh, he had taken a visit to Miami over the weekend. They flipped a ton of guys, uh, a ton of highly ranked guys, took guys from Ohio State. But Wisconsin fought, fought, excuse me, Wisconsin fought and fought and fought. Luke Fickle, I think, stopped fighting about 10.30 at night on Tuesday night is what he said. But Pat Lambert kept fighting, and they kept him in this class. And it's, you know, he's a talented kid, no doubt. It's not like he is a, like a five-star recruit, right? He's not that. But he's a, he's clearly, this is very reminiscent of what they did with Jonas Clona last year and how much effort they put in to get him to Wisconsin. Very similar effort here on Xavier Lucas. I don't know how much Pat Lambert, Max Steinecker, and Casey Robach actually sleep this time of the year. <laughs> I don't know if Casey was serious because we had a chance to talk to all three of them on Wednesday uh, during the early, the first day of the early signing period. I think he said he hadn't seen his wife since Thanksgiving. I'm just going to assume that was a joke, but yeah. honestly, I can't tell because that's how many hours they have to put into this. And you're right. Luke was saying Tuesday night they still didn't know about Lucas. He said, I had to walk away 10 o'clock, 1030 at night, but Pat might not have slept and was continually talking to, to Lucas. I assume Lucas went to bed at some point, but they didn't know for sure until they got that paper signed on Wednesday. And I, I think it's a it's a big deal. It's not the four star, not a top 10 player at the position nationally, but you want to add depth. You want to add talent which you have there but you don't want to lose players that you've invested that much time in a guy who committed to the program in august and then florida state and miami started showing interest he's a he's a fort lauderdale native and so that was always kind of the dream florida state but the seminoles he was a plan b guy i mean it's obvious with all the corners that florida state brought in but miami seemed like a very real possibility if you're going to take an official on the last weekend that you can before the early signing period feels like you might lose him but lambert said one of the things that he had to do was continually remind him of that relationship piece and the reason that you committed to wisconsin in the first place and the relationships that you have none of that's changed and i think that's been a big selling point for all of these commits and now they're all signed they are all signed two that came in on the day of let's go with the the first one is uh let's go with, no let's go with ernest willer because he's the first one that came in uh it it felt these last few days, these last this last week, week and a half, it kind of felt like this was going to end up being the case. But just a huge commit. He ends up being Wisconsin's highest-rated commit in the, the, the 24-7 composite, a four-star guy, one of nine four-star players in this class, which is just uh, really, really impressive if you, you think about it based on what they've done. It doesn't guarantee anything, as we know. The 21, 2021 class will obviously uh, stand out for everybody. But getting him on board significant because of how hard it is to recruit defensive linemen and, and high, highly regarded defensive linemen. We've seen that for years, maybe for decades at Wisconsin, about how hard it is to get defensive linemen. Have 
Saeed Khalif used to mention that about that is the toughest position to recruit and, and Luke talked about it as well about how challenging it is to get those kinds of guys especially guys who can be difference makers and he said you know who the top ones are but I asked him about Ernest and and you can really feel the excitement and how Luke responded that he, he thinks in a year a year and a half maybe after one season of, of development that he's got an opportunity to be a game changer there he said he gives us a chance to go to the next level. We saw what the defensive line gave Wisconsin this season. It hasn't been much. James Thompson Jr. had three sacks. Nobody else on the entire roster had more than one sack um, from uh, among the defensive linemen. Yes. Um, and they need more. And, look, I, I'm not going to proclaim that this guy is the, the next guy. We said a lot of good things about Jamel Howard last year, and it was a big recruiting win. But I also think it takes time, especially at that position. And b- both sides, how physical you have to be. It's very rare you see true freshmen, but I think down that's a big-time win. Yeah. I, I will say it was interesting to hear him say, you know, next year, year and a half, he's going to be able to potentially take us to a different level. In other words, maybe you shouldn't be counting on him to see him this fall. Uh, that's how I took it. Mm-hmm. Dylan Johnson's a little bit different story. And, again, we'll, t- we'll talk about guys who potentially help them right away because I know we talked about it on the camp on Tuesday, but based on some of the comments that they made, I think we kind of got a little bit of a clearer vision of who they believe can, can be on the field for them right away come next fall. Um, and then the, the last one was, was Robert Booker, mm-hmm. a guy who committed to Wisconsin back in January, decommitted to them or decommitted in June. And Max, uh, Max Steinecker, obviously – a huge part of their re- recruiting department and what's his title well director of rec- there's he's director of player personnel personnel and uh, lambert i believe is director of, director of recruiting they, they and then just director of scouting there. is casey Raba. yeah so um so he said that it was a very sad day when they got that that call and that that he was moving on but they never went away from it and you had a chance to chat with uh, to rob rob booker before yesterday but you put out the story when he made his announcement what did they do to get him back in in uh, the fold? It's a really his recruitment was bizarre and fascinating. And uh, you're right, they never gave up. Max was in charge of that recruitment, and one of the things that Rob said was, I mean, he he made his decision to go to UCLA, and at the time it was just he did not communicate with Wisconsin, did not tell him what he was doing. They didn't know he went out. I, they might have known he went out there. I, now I can't remember, but he didn't want to tell him even what school he was flipping to, but they're like, you're decommitting. Yeah. Like, what, come on. Um, eventually he told him. And I mean, it was like the, the next day that he yeah, committed. Yeah, and then at, the next day after that, he had a conversation with Max, and, and Rob had mentioned that Max told him, you know, he'd always be a Rob Booker fan, and they just kind of stayed in touch. I mean, not. This staff, we know. They don't give up. If no. they think there is a, a one iota, one shred of opportunity to get somebody, they're going to keep at it. And, and those conversations continued and picked up. And I, Rob said Max made a joke about Kiss National Pancake Day of September 26th. And he okay. said, like, you know, we, we're going to try and flip you back home on that day or something <laughs> like that. And, um, but it wasn't until Rob started playing a senior season and put out some film that Nate Letton, the tight ends coach, got in contact. And it sounds like it was maybe around early October or something like that. And Rob took three game day visits. Right. So he was committed to UCLA, but came for three games. Kept getting free tickets to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, was talking to the commits, and he knew he was going to be an early enrollee, so I guess he really bonded with some of those early enrollees. There's going to be ten of them now. Yeah. And at a certain point, he just realized, like, I-, I want to stay home. And I thought it was interesting because I said, like, what led to your change of heart? He said it was a gut feeling. And maybe I've always had that feeling, but 
he said, I, I thought it would be best for my future. And he honestly said, I don't know. Like, maybe going to UCLA is, is best, but I didn't want to roll the dice and regret not picking a school. And the school that I would regret not picking is Wisconsin. So really interesting. His mom, diehard Badgers fan, she, he said she was heartbroken when he flipped to UCLA. She wanted him to go to Wisconsin. She was basically an extra recruiter for Wisconsin. His dad wanted him to go to UCLA. He said, why don't you get out there? This is your one opportunity to do that. But he's staying home. He is staying home. And, uh, yeah, he posted a picture of him, his mom, and his sister at a Badger game when they were very, very young, um, all wearing Badger stuff. So, uh, yeah, he is in the fold. Real quickly, before we go to break, the biggest Wednesday win. Is it, is it Ernest Wheeler? Is it Robert Booker? Is it Xavier Lucas? To me, hands down, it's Ernest Willer. I actually have a story on Friday, some superlatives, and my biggest win has got to be Willer just because of the, the not only the ranking but the position of need. Like, you don't get dudes like that very often, and so I think he is the clear-cut number one for me. All right, well, we'll maybe we'll get into a little of your spurs, uh, superlatives. I can, I can say it. Uh, coming up here a little bit later in the show. This is Temple in Heilprin, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Temple in Heilprin, live at Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Talking National Signing Day as Wisconsin uh, got 22 guys signed yesterday um so there was a little bit of pushback i i, I said when wisconsin had all 20 of their guys signed they, this is before they got ernest willer and um uh, rob booker i put out a tweet just saying they got all 20 guys that they want someone tweeted at me saying like does national signing day even matter anymore all these guys can just get up and leave whenever they want and i was like well that's always been the case like guys come guys like Guys wash out of programs all the time. So we're going to play a little overreaction or no. National Signing Day doesn't mean anything with kids able to transfer so easily. Is that an overreaction or no? Uh, that is an overreaction. Okay. <laughs> um, it's still a massive deal. Would you rather not have these 22 kids and have to go the transfer portal route? I know that seems to be how Colorado wants to do things. I believe they only signed five high school kids on scholarship. But top-ranked transfer class and yes. like the worst power five recruiting class uh or the high school class well there's multiple ways to skin a cat i suppose is there is but it, it worked out so well for them last last year for a month yeah <laughs> um no this is a, a truly big deal for wisconsin we know that luke fickle wants to continue to build his program and develop players and i do think ultimately that's probably the best way to get I would think long-term results done. That doesn't mean you can't catch lightning in a bottle and have a really successful season with a bunch of transfers. But this is the backbone of Wisconsin's football program. Now, it's harder than ever to make that a reality because the truth is, out of these 22, four years from now, there's going to be fairly sizable percentage of guys who end up transferring because they're not happy. That's just the way that it is. I don't know what the number is going to be, but I think it's so important to be able to develop relationships early and sign a class, and maybe when things do get tough, that will carry the day, but there's so much talent in this class that I think a lot of these guys are, are going to be able to contribute. That doesn't mean they won't transfer at some point, though. Yeah. Look, as I said, guys are going to come to this program than they have for the last 30 years and some of them are going to work out and some of them are not going to work yep. out the guys left and we never heard of them ever again 
if this was 20 years ago, those guys would have left and they would have entered the transfer portal and we'd be talking about the transfer portal with those guys, even though in reality they had nowhere else to go. Where's Dean Ingram? Where's Marcus Allen? Like, there are guys that have entered the transfer portal that we have not heard from since. Um, there are going to be more of those guys. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that other guys aren't going to find spot, right? Jim Ray DK knew when he entered the transfer portal there was going to be a spot for him someplace, and it ended up being Florida. Skyler Bell is entered the, the transfer portal, and his five offers are there's none of them are, are power five offers. UConn's not in a power five a power five team, so like the, it's Delaware and some of these other schools like that. Do you think do you think he would have done this if he knows those were going to be the offers? I don't know. I he have might to say have, I'm, I mean, I'm he, surprised. He by might the have. Offers. He, he might have because he wanted he wants an opportunity. It's not it's not that you can't make the NFL or whatever you know the next thing that you want to do is from those places but it's going to be you would think a whole lot more difficult that said guys have come in this program left never heard of them before or n- never heard of them again now they have a, a vehicle to put themselves in there and we talk about it because it's it's written down here that they they have left wisconsin and they're now in the transport and they're going somewhere so to me signing day still means a ton yes it's, it's how wisconsin's going to continue to build uh, the bulk of its program, but I do think Luke Fickle's mind has changed a little bit. He, I don't know if he totally agrees with this, but I think it's changed a little bit in terms of how many guys out of the parole they're going to take on a regular basis. I, I agree 100% with that statement because this was all still new. It's, it, it is new, but you need a large enough sample size, especially when you come to a new program going from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. It is a jump. You're in the Big Ten now, and I know Cincinnati has since moved to the Big 12, but um, you need to be competitive in a really tough conference. And how many times has he talked about trying to upgrade the competition in a room? And he has acknowledged the best way to do that in some instances is to get a transfer guy, someone with more experience, as opposed to younger players who just aren't ready. Yeah. But it's twofold. You're going to lose guys every year and have to replace them. And when you're losing guys, it's in December at a time when you – have your recruits all lined up for that class so there are immediate holes that you need to fill then immediately in turn yep. and you also want to make sure that your roster is as good as possible so in an, in an idyllic world you don't have to go get 10 12 transfers or like last year 15 scholarship transfers but the reality is you're going to have to do that every year and at this point they've got a half dozen they're going to get more so it's how it's going to be yep and i think he's accepted that i think yes. he has um, all right, another one here. Overreaction or no? Mabry Mettire Met- will be Wisconsin's starting quarterback at some point in his career. Not an overreaction in my mind. I mean, he hasn't taken a practice snap here, so uh, I feel like I've got a, a clean slate <laughs> with making this pick. Look, he's got a, a lot of talent. I don't... Again, just because a quarterback has a lot of talent doesn't mean you're going to be successful uh, in the way that people expect, but I just think he's he's 6'6", he's 228 pounds, and when you think of that body type, you think, all right, this guy is a, a, a stiff, and he's just going to stand in the pocket. Watch his highlights. Yeah. This dude is the real deal in terms of mobility, and when he was a freshman, they brought him in as essentially a Tim Tebow-type Wildcat quarterback when, when Tim Tebow was early in his Florida career, and his high school coach said, like, we needed to get four yards, just stick him in there. He can put his head down and get it, but he's also got a little bit more mobility, so I think he'll be very good in that RPO game. He's got a very accurate arm. 
Texas high school football, I think, has developed a good reputation, uh, and it is well-earned. So he played down there. He threw one interception the entire senior season, and it was in the last game that he had, and he completed 70% of his passes while playing in an offense that is very similar to what Wisconsin runs. So I think that uh, there is a lot of reason to be optimistic about that. He's going to be an early enrollee, but you got to go out and earn it. Yeah, I mean, the last time I was asked this, like, made a made a blanket statement about a quarterback coming in and being, you know, the next starting quarterback for Wisconsin or would be the starting quarterback at Wisconsin at some point in his career, uh, that guy went on to, to start a Big Ten championship game for Iowa. So, he did. Um, and uh, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. I, I have retired from the game of, <laughs> uh, trying to guess because it is a guess. I, I should say that. It's a is a educated opinion right well the unknown here is that the transfer portal yes you are going to continually be recruited over but i also know that they don't want to do this every year it's what luke has said they just found themselves in a position this year where you weren't going to have anybody older than a redshirt sophomore you didn't have anybody with any playing experience outside of Braden Locke, and you had tyler van dyke sitting there to come in for another one year but if you're able to develop your guys evaluate the roster after Van Dyke. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the... Well, they do have Landon Locke committed in the 2025 class. Do at they? least at, at this point, they do. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you saw yesterday what he what he tweeted. Oh, what he tweet? They just got an offer from Duke. Oh, okay. Tweeting out offers. All right, well, you know, it's okay to be proud. If it's uh, Alabama or Georgia or something, then... It's okay to be proud. <laughs> it's, uh, also, it's also okay to, to raise an eyebrow. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody tweets out offers. Um, and in fact... I just did a story on Mabry, and he earned, I believe he got a, a re-offer from Miami, but he also got a new offer from Florida State, but he didn't tweet it out because he was he was committed. Um, but look, when you commit that out early, you're going to get a lot of offers. But anyway, the point I was making is with Mabry is you look at the class, you have Cole LaCrue in the next class ahead of him, and it kind of feels like Mabry maybe better fits what Longo wants in terms of the height and size. So there would be a window of opportunity for him. There, there would be. Uh Let's we'll talk about the running backs on the other side. Uh, I want to because it is I, I'm still amazed that they got all three of these guys, especially uh, Dylan Jones and uh, Darion Dupree, to come in in the cl- same class. Um, and ask Luke Fickle about it. I know you wrote about the running backs and just the class in general. We'll talk a little bit more about it coming back uh, on the other side of the break. This is Temple in Heilprin, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Back here on Temple and Heilprin, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Talking National Signing Day, talking about guys deciding to return. We'll also talk a couple guys that jumped in the transport this week from the defensive line one not expected one kind of expected that his time at wisconsin was done just didn't know he was going to end up going on and spending it elsewhere we'll get into that in a little bit i wanted to talk about the running backs though jesse because uh, i had a overreaction or no question that we didn't get to in the last segment but it was about the guy it was about the three running backs you got two four-star guys darian uh excuse me darian dupree out of illinois and Obviously, Dylan Jones out of Maryland, and you got Gideon Atuka, a three-star, 230-pound bowling ball of a <laughs> like a just absolute load, which is, I believe, what kind of uh, Luke Fickle described him as. Uh, but they all bring a little bit something different to the table, certainly. But my my overreaction, no question, was 
at least one of the three running backs that signed will be in the transfer portal at this time next year. Is that an overreaction or no? It might be a little unfair. But it's also, I think, the reality of the situation. I'm shocked still that they were able to get all three of them to sign in this class. And do you think they wait? Eh. Do you think they knew Ches Malusi was coming back? I no, because okay. at the time they were recruiting them, it was the summer. <laughs> right, right. But I'm and, saying, like, when they signed yesterday, did they know that, that Chaz was coming back? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, but I also would have said that's an overreaction. That doesn't mean guys won't transfer later, but I think one year is not enough time, and you know what you're getting into if you're signing on and you're one of three running backs. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like for the future other than the competition is going to be outstanding. That is... an unbelievable amount of talent in one class and luke fickle said he made it clear at the start of the recruitment for 2024 told his recruiting guys the number one most important priority is running back and uh let's just say the staff didn't disappoint no they went after it hard they got three guys and it was kind of funny he was fickle's like yeah darion kind of would have liked to him do a little bit sooner um you know but he committed and obviously uh, was right all around the same time. Him and Dylan Jones committing right around the same time. Gideon Atuka was the first one to, to, to jump in. Um, I am so intrigued how they're going to use Dupree. Yep. Like, Dylan Jones is an all-around back, and Fickle said, you know, once he gets a little bit more uh, weight on him and into the weight room, he could be an all-around and do a whole bunch of different things. But Darion has the ability to catch the ball in the backfield like – I don't think I've seen a Wisconsin back do before. Maybe James White might be a good example of it, and obviously what he did. But you go and look at some of his highlights, and I stumbled across one yesterday from the state semifinals. This pass over the middle gets tipped up in the air. He somehow tracks it over his head and over his left shoulder and catches it and goes in for a touchdown. It was a ridiculous catch, but his highlight film was filled with ridiculous plays. If I'm to pick between the three of them, who has the best chance to come in and commit and uh, and be an impact player early, he would be my choice. I'm glad you tweeted out that video, by the way, in the state semifinal against Batavia, because then I could use that as a reference for why I think he's the best playmaker in this class. <laughs> because you're absolutely right. He's got that do-it-all ability. The pass catching is something that we know Phil Longo wants to incorporate. They did a lot of swing passes this year and got two yards, and I think Dupree is the kind of guy who can turn that into 22 yards. But he finished his senior season with 1,092 yards rushing and 755 yards receiving and scored 24 total touchdowns. Fickle called him a player with, quote, incredible ball skills, end quote. And then Max Steineker said that Dupree brought a different speed. He called him an elite pass catcher with great change of direction and that he basically possesses skills that can't be taught. He is just an outstanding get. And he was the number one running back on Wisconsin's recruiting board. There is a reason why this staff, as soon as they got hired, they offered him a scholarship in December. They had him up for a junior day in January. He came back for a spring practice. Then he came back on the first weekend of official visits in June. But you're right. They would have loved for him to commit a little bit sooner. He and his family decided, and you have all the right to do this, they want to take all their officials. They want to go through June, see as many schools as they can, and then end, he ended up committing. And uh, it was right around the time that Dylan Jones was committing as well. So they all have a spot, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Jones had 820 yards as a senior. He had 8.2 yards per carry and had 12, uh, 12 scores. Um, Gideon Atuka, again, more of the between-the-tackles type back at 230 pounds, I think is what um, it was. So I... I when I was going through my list of guys that could potentially play early, 
Darian Dupree and Dylan Jones stood out. And, and I'll throw Gideon Tuka in there, too, because Luke Fickle did. Some other guys, though. Some other guys could potentially help uh, early in this. Um, I want to say Dylan Johnson's one of them that's, that stands out for me. Uh, because Luke Fickle, uh, this, this became very easy to do after after we talked to the guys yesterday. I had a list of guys that I thought, and we kind of talked about it in the camp, but it became very easy because almost at the end of every answer, for certain guys, was like, yeah, we expect him to commit and come in and play early, and that was one of the things with Dylan Johnson. He is a he is not like we heard all about uh, length and athleticism. That's that's what this whole class was about. Well, Dylan Johnson does not have length. <laughs> does does right. not have a ton of length. He's six one. I think he's uh, about two eighty. 280, 287, 285. So he comes in and he does. Uh, but what he brings to the table in terms of his wrestling background and just the intangibles of what he could bring to the, bring to it leadership-wise, he's exactly what they want in this program. I think he's another guy that could come in and, and help right away. And we, have, we I mentioned the defensive line guys that have left. They have lost a lot off the defensive line. We know, we think. Jamel Howard may be able to help them next year, but they have some holes to fill there. And they, Dylan Johnson could be one of those guys. Yes, they very much uh, have some some work to do to figure out who's going to contribute there. But you're right. Fickle did say that he's got uh, a lot of intangibles and that he does think he could come in and be able to contribute and play right away. Now, it's easy to say that now. Who knows what's going to happen? It's funny because uh, on my superlative list of most likely to play early. I went with Dylan Jones, but yeah, that's just fine. because I had Dupree in the other category of best playmaker. Yeah. You watch Jones's highlight film, and he's got burst and power. Like, he gets, if there is space, he's finding it, but then he's at the second and third level, and he is knocking dudes over, which is a big reason why over the last two years he averaged eight-plus yards per carry. So it will play itself out on the field. But with Dylan Johnson... I honestly think that I didn't. I kind of used up all my words. I could have gone with five more categories, but if I had to say biggest steal in the class, I'm going with him largely because he was committed to Northwestern, and yeah. he would have stuck with that commitment, except that Pat Fitzgerald got fired, and Wisconsin ended up shooting to the top of the list, and he, he flipped to Wisconsin. But that's a guy that it seemed like it's over. Yeah, and Wisconsin thought they were going to have a chance, and he and he picked Northwestern, and so he's got all the qualities but defensive line it's just so hard to predict we've said this many times but we go back to watching keanu benton and i remember talking to his high school coach breaking down his high school film with him and his high school coach was like do you see how straight up he is when he's at the snap like he's really gonna have to work on that and i'm thinking like well this is gonna take a while and and the first practice we both thought this is gonna take a while well how'd that work out i started as a freshman and became an nfl draft pick so it's it's tough but They've got a lot of really quality options on offense and defense in this they class. They do. They do. A couple more that, that uh, have a chance. And this was not necessarily a guy that I think a lot of people probably were thinking about. But when you think about length and athleticism, and then you think about the guys that had a, that played this past year uh, on defense in Christian Allegro getting an opportunity over the last half of the season to be a third and long and, you know, yeah, third down guy where he's able to come in and rush the quarterback or be a spy. Um, Thomas Heiberger has a lot of the same traits as Christian Allegro, and he was another guy that's coming in early. He's going to have a chance to kind of stake his claim to a role, and they are going to have some opportunities there, you would think, with um, certainly um, 
Jordan Turner gone and Mujang Meta gone and Tate Grass gone, that there is some, and it's not necessarily at inside linebacker because he's kind of, they bring him in as an outside linebacker, but he's they, they have some variety there, and I think Thomas Heiberger is another guy that could, could play early. This staff very clearly loves Thomas Heiberger, and I would say of the guys that they were high on, and look, you're going to be high on everybody because you went after them and signed them, but of the guys they were really high on, I would say it surprised me how much they thought Heiberger was going to be a potential instant impact player, but then you think about it, and it's exactly what they're looking for at those kinds of positions. You mentioned Christian Allegro, who's gone from outside linebacker to the inside, and we're going to see him a whole heck of a lot more in this bowl game. Heiberger's got some of that skill set. Fickle mentioned he loves the fact that he played four sports in high school, football, basketball, baseball, track. And I did a story on Thomas uh, after he committed. He had, a, at that time, and I'm sure it's better now, a 39-inch vertical leap. He could broad jump 10 feet, 7 inches. He could run a 4.6-second 40-yard dash. He's just a freak of an athlete. And with, with this staff, and Fickle said it, they just need to get him here and figure out what position they want to stick him at. But he's listed at 6'4 and 210 pounds, so you would think would gain a little weight. But so that's true for every freshman. So they love him. Yeah. Another area, pass rush. So Anelli, uh, Anelu Lafelli uh, out of Hawaii is a guy that could potentially help. Uh, Luke Fickle uh, actually, you know, said, uh, excuse me, um, Max Steinecker kind of said that uh, he was unaware of the blown away by the uh, Polynesian pipeline that, that was Wisconsin and uh, that uh, maybe they weren't very good in the pass rush last year. It's a guy that maybe he'll be able to help early. Grant Steck, because of what he does size-wise, I mean, he's 6'6", six, six, he's 240, he's got all those things. He's another guy that, that stood out. Kyan Barry Johnson was somebody that uh, the the uh, recruiting guys mentioned. And then uh, also Landon Gauthier uh, is, one, is one guy that Luke Fickle mentioned, too. They, they, I mean, there are, there are a number of guys, and I remember sitting here talking about this last year, which guys could potentially help them right away, and it was this guy and that guy and this guy and guy. We were not talking about Christian Allegro and, no. and uh, Tucker Ashcraft. That's not who we were talking about. But they told us the senior film of those guys really stood out, and some of the guys we've mentioned here, their senior film stood out. And so I think there's a chance for them to be able to help them next year. And uh, we'll see uh, if that's that ends up being the case. But a lot of these guys are early enrollees that we'll get to see. You said there was 10 of them that are going to be coming in early. A lot of the guys we're talking about are in that group. So, all right, we'll get to the other side of the break and uh, continue on here with our conversation. Talk a little transfer portal coming up on the other side. This is Temple in Heilprin, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Temple and Heil. Finishing up the show here with a little uh, talk about the transfer portal. Two guys went in from the defensive line, Jesse. It was not a huge surprise in Rodas Johnson leaving as a graduate transfer. And then also Darian Farner, who just transferred in from Temple last year. He'd taken advantage of uh, the current uh, hold on <laughs> Uh, or the the current court case that is still uh, happening, and we'll see how it plays out. But the the someone challenged the NCAA's no two time transfer rule, and it's now uh, not in place while the court case takes po- takes place. So either way, he's going. Uh, but you talked to Rodas Johnson. Why is he uh, decided? Why did he decide to leave Wisconsin and not uh, 
not come back for another year. Is it because he has seen Rhinelander and doesn't need to, doesn't need to see anything else? That's one of the better answers that I've heard of these, and I've done a lot of these exit interviews now. Uh, it's a very sensible, understandable answer. Was it is. I've been here five seasons. I've done and seen everything that I wanted to see. He said, I've been to the K Club. Good for him. I'm sure it was a good time. Uh, I've been to Wando's. I've been to the Terrace many times. I've been to the Milwaukee Market. And I've been to Rhinelander, Wisconsin. So he got his degree, and I thought that was interesting. He stayed with the team, and he's, apparently, and this is what he said, he was at practice on a Saturday and then got his degree and decided to move on at that time and use his graduate transfer here. Kind of was with the team. Yeah, apparently. But he said he was there on a Saturday, So, and then, and then graduated. <laughs> but... Look, I, you can't fault some, especially if you earn a degree. Like, I don't have, any, I don't have a problem with it at yeah. all. I, but I think some people are like, oh, why is someone transferring? Oh, they're bailing on a program and they're giving up. It's like, no, this dude gave everything that he had. He got a degree, and he wants to be utilized in a, a different way in a new program, and um, we'll see what happens. There's going to be vert- – I mean, when we talk about Luke Fickle and, and turning this program over, I should have gone through it before we did the show, and, and maybe we'll talk about it before uh, the camp next week. There's not going to be that many guys still here left over from the previous staff. For next season? Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to, like, we're, the, there are going to be some positions that are like that, but there's going to be, I think a, a large majority of this is is going to be his guys, whether freshmen from last year's class or this year's class or transporter guys from last year's class or this year's class. They're going to make up a healthy portion of this roster come uh come fall for sure in my opinion um we also had a, a couple of questions wanted to get to here before the end of the show i asked for questions on twitter um hypothetically hypothetically mm-hmm. and i know luke figgle's a big fan of hypothetical questions <laughs> how good is the 2024 recruiting class of jim leonard and sean lewis our head coach in oc <laughs> and that is quite the hypothetical because obviously sean lewis was the OC at, at uh, Colorado and, and now is the head coach at San Diego State. And Jim Leonard obviously would have been the head coach if not for Luke Fickle. But this is a very hypothetical question that I don't think uh, is very easy to answer. But go ahead and answer it anyways. What I love even more about this question is that I didn't see that you sent this along to me. So this is new to me as we're on the air. No idea. I think adding Sean Lewis as an offensive coordinator would have been an outstanding decision by yes. Jim Leonard. And quite frankly, I feel confident that would have happened um but oh really we'll never i think so um but because it would have been a different offense and i don't know if it would have been quite like this but you would have had an opportunity to bring in some more dynamic playmakers but it all comes down to who you have in your recruiting department as well and i don't know exactly what that would have looked like because now at the time paul chris did revamp the department and they had a larger number of people but would you have been bringing in nine four-star guys i don't know it's all about development, though, as just, we know. Let me just say, Max Steinecker, Casey Robach. Well, actually, I'm not going to include Casey in this because he wasn't dressed up yesterday. But Max Steinecker and, and Pat Lambert, the way that they were dressed yesterday, elite. <laughs> Suited and booted, baby. Yeah. they And, and, and it was the, the greatest thing out of the video that came out, the UW put out, of all the guys like calling in their stuff, is Pat brought up the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the... Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the, you're going to say it for me? The chair? The, the chair. King, the, 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 what is it? The, the, king the throne. Thank, thank you. you. Throne. We can, I can, I'm, in, I'm in radio. I can think up names, and, or I can think up uh, words here. The throne that they have these guys sit on down in the recruiting. He brought it into the room, and, and he was thinking like Luke Fickle was going to sit on it, and Fickle's like, absolutely not. 
I'm not, I'm not sitting down on that thing. You sit down at it. And he and Pat, like, sat down and they got up. And then Fickle's like, no, you sit down on it. You brought it up here. You're going to sit on it. Um, but it was that, that room and that video was, was a very good illustration of what of what this staff is like. So, uh, And then there's there's one other one from our guy, Vitaly Pasetsky. He says, last year's offseason program was built around the 1-4 record in close games. What will this year's be? How do they go about instilling that old we-are-tougher-than-you attitude that Wisconsin football came to be known for? This, so is, I, this is a thing that Vitaly has been pounding the table for. So I don't think any offseason conversation or program is going to change that because based on everything we saw this offseason, they worked their tails off. They instilled this mindset, this mantra. They didn't work any less hard this offseason. You've got to have talented players who believe in themselves. You've got to go do it on the field and establish the confidence to win. It's the same thing that Barry Alvarez did with his tenure. They had a lot of guys who didn't know how to win. Then they slowly got confidence, and then they realized we can kick butt against anybody. Well, it's also buying into the message, too, right? Wasn't sure. that Barry's thing? How many guys got run out of the out of the building? There was not a lot of guys run out of the building last year. Luke Fickle wanted most of those guys back in. He spoke about that, how badly he wanted to keep as many guys in. And we've seen what? 11, 12 guys head out here now. I don't, plus the ones that are going to the draft. This is going to be, as I said before in the last segment, this is going to be a lot of his guys, a lot of his guys. And so it's going to be guys that are bought into him. People that are here for a second year, I think, have to be bought in. Otherwise, you're not going to be here, right? Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. We've seen a fair number of people leave in the last year and a half, too. Right, right. But, like, whether it's your choice or or not the guys that are here i feel like have to be bought in whether it's like a jack nelson who is is coming back or a ricardo hallman who's who's still going to be here guys that are from the previous staff that are going to be playing they need they want to be here they want to be a part of this and this offseason is very very important for them obviously and then we'll see how it all plays out i don't think the message changed this offseason though i think the exact same message and we'll see if it's any different all right we are going to be on break next week we're going to be down in tampa we'll do an extra episode of the camp to make up for it jesse Thank you very much. Thanks, Zach.